blinding sun, deceptive moon, and consuming shadows, many secrets are held beyond the sight of humanity. Wondrous and dangerous, the mysteries of Deerston leave no one unchanged. A bold crew of players are pleased to welcome you into that perilous liminality between the mundane, the unknown, and the unknowable. Whispers from Beyond is a mage the Awakening Chronicle following the journey of Emily Tao, played by Craig. I'm Bill, and I will be your storyteller for this dive into the mysteries of Deerston. You hear one more sound, a gunshot. Everything turns to black, and your eyes open in a far, far dimmer place. It's wet, it's soft, the air is thick and old, but it is a place. Am I still underwater? No. When Emily comes to, she is in a place that is dim. Not even dim in the normal absence of light, but dim in that even the light here barely remembers what it's like to glow. There's still a little bit of that salty scent to it, a rockiness to the ground below her. A lack, though, of the water that you'd been drowning in before. And you're on your back, staring up at a sky without stars, without cloud, an inky, dark blackness. Must be dead. That's the only thing I could think of. Are A faint voice says to your side. I turn my head ever so slightly just to get a better view. Jane Doe is there, too. There is an obvious, very large gunshot wound in her upper body. There's a second one that looks like it clipped her neck. I kind of like do my best to look sorrowful, but I think it just like translates as me doing a very slow blink with my eyes. And we, like, I'm just trying to like express uh, like sorrow and like the whole regret for this happening without words she seems to have a bit of that back as well there's this strange combination of confusion and acceptance on her face you can see that you are on slightly rocky ground that goes out almost forever in every direction it feels like so you haven't really looked at a lot of them specifically just a casual glance forward towards her it just seems that the background goes out forever Leak and desolate. Does it still smell like salt? A little, but the scent is fading, and you're slowly starting to see that covering the world through the distance and so on. Here, there are small, reddish, white, flickering lights. Are they far away from me? Very far. They feel like a life age of the world could pass if you started walking before you got there. But that shouldn't be impossible because the horizon's only like 20 miles away. I think I'm going to try to sit up. Shockingly, you're not nauseous. If anything, your senses seem more acute than ever before. I'm going to extend my arm and like point a finger at that light and kind of like do one of those things where I obscure from my vision and then cover and reveal it a few times. And then I blink a few times. The lights come into better focus, and you realize there are more of them out there than you thought. They seem to be from candles and torches flickering across the distance. And as you focus more, you realize that all of them are very still and very stationary, other than their flicker. 
Do I feel tired, exhausted, fatigued? All of that's gone. So is your shadow. But this place is very, very dim. I think normally that might like alarm me, but I think at this point that's not the weirdest thing I've seen today. And I think I just have like a soft acceptance of what's going on and like I kind of like exhale. So this is it. This doesn't seem right, she said. Wasn't it supposed to be gates and judgment and white clouds and stuff? Shouldn't there be saints? Uh, I don't know. Should there? Thought so. Thought so. Didn't like anything anyone told me about. I I nod in like an acute agreement because like no one does really tell you that it's going to be like this. That's I mean the hard truth, but I think I think all I could do is just like nod and agree. I didn't think it'd be like this either. What happens now? What do we do? She like turns and looks at you, wild, wide-eyed, wild, confused. What am I supposed to do? She like reaches out to grab your shoulders. As though somehow that's going to bring her understanding. I think I let her just touch my shoulder. I'm sitting here. I'm trying to, I don't know what we do either. I say. There is no warmth to her touch. I kind of nod my head almost like I was expecting that. And like acknowledging the lack of warmth. How? Why? I don't know. At least you're so warm. Nothing else is warm here. I think I'll stand up and reach my arm down to help her stand as well. Undoubtedly, she takes your hand. She gets up with you. I'm I'm looking around, and you said it, like it feels like the area just beyond the horizon can't be more than twenty miles, but still looks like it goes on forever. And I think I just say, "I wonder what's over there," and look at her. She looks back at you. We can find out. I kind of smile. Got nothing better to do. And I kind of like, like stretch out my hand for her to take it. She takes your hand. There's still no warmth in hers. She still looks amazed at yours. Your skin just, does not have the paler that hers does. So I, I'm, I'm looking down at like our interlaced um, hand, our, our clasped hands. And I, I I'll interlace my fingers with hers and kind of like take notice of that detail. How, like, I mean, our skin tones were a little bit different to begin with, but now, like, mine has a strange hue, or maybe hers has a strange hue, one of them, but I don't think that matters to Emily anymore. So I think I just shrug and just, you know, slowly take a step to see if she goes with me and start walking towards one of the lights. All right. She does, in fact, walk with you, and as she does so, the world slowly grows more and more into resolution around you, like somebody's been adjusting the filters and a lens on a camera, and you realize that this rocky plain is not completely formless, featureless rock. There are veins of color and mineral through it. It's not just dark. There are patches of shining metal leaning silver gold other gray forms of gray metal some darker irony colors coppers bronzes all of which feel 
very real, tiny sparkles of gems, uncut, reflecting in the stone. I think Emily laughs to herself and like, it's stupid, but I think I wish I died wearing my shoes. I'm looking down because she had kicked them off when she was struggling, but just... The ground does not cut your feet, though. It is strangely smooth to the touch. In fact, as you put your foot down, pick it up, you realize it is smooth where you touched it. You walked as though you were expecting to be able to walk, and you did so. I look down to see if Jane is like noticing the world in the same way I am, or she's what just, she's doing. She's just following you almost blindly. She still has your hand. She still has shoes. I smile to myself and continue walking towards one of the lights and just concentrate on like the flickering of it. All right. As you grow closer, you see that light is two lights that were almost parallel to each other, one blocking the other. But as you get slowly closer, you realize there are definitely two of them. They have the red of firelight, but the white of starlight. There's still some distance away, but you can now see the difference. The parallax is no longer confusing me. I think I just like feel like a sense of wonder about this place. And like, as far as afterlights go, it could be worse. It's so, like a weird thought to have. I'm just, just assuming I'm dead. And like, I think I feel like the thought of exploring wonder somewhat comfort comforting you also no longer are suffering from the effects of your temporarily decreased integrity you're somewhere outside of all of that do like do i care about stuff like that right now it's it's weird but like i it's like i'm just like blinking my eyes trying to like make sense of what's going on and like kind of doing that same thing I did earlier with the lights trying to like put my finger between them and like slightly obscure it open one eye close the other so like that it's like having the light be moving just by which eye is in focus Let's have a wits and composure role to bring this place into better focus for you. This is not a trained observer kind of event. Yeah. Am I still, um, this is not penalized at all still. No, this is not penalized. You are not in that place. That's two successes. You realize something about the shadows and unevenness out in the distance. You realize that there are also these shadows and uneven evennesses around and near lots of the torches things that look like mounds or obelisks or spires or buildings none of them are quite the same shape but there are many outlines each of which is silhouetted against the darkness near one of these sources of light you can see the one that you're approaching getting closer and closer that pair another one catches the corner of your eye it seems closer than the one you're heading towards but only because you're not heading towards it which makes no sense normally but it makes sense now and you can see that one is a candle sitting on a grave and you take another step 
and another, and the earth welcomed your feet oddly, happily. You are not stumbling. Jane is stumbling. You are not stumbling. I hold out your hand tight. The two lights approach, and you can see that there are two thick, tapered candles, each sitting in a metal sconce, each sconce attached to stonework, massive blocks, perhaps of some kind of granite, forming the entrance to a mausoleum. What else could it be in this place? A large stone building, at least 15 15 or 20 feet tall, stone doors shut, granite pathway going up to it, distinct and separate from the rocky ground that you've been walking across, cut, placed, careful stones, mosaic. You feel them beneath your feet as you approach. I extend my hand and run my fingers across the vertical surfaces. All right, let's have a wits and science roll. I do have that. That's two successes. Awesome. What you can tell is that these stones have not been set here by any kind of technique of masonry or stonework you have ever heard from. They are not only precise and perfect, but they are separate blocks, all of which are so well connected that not only do they have no joint, but the place where the joint should have been is gone. Yet they are still separate blocks, each of which has its own separate grain, texture, and coloration, as though someone forged them together like someone could have forged metal, like the equivalent of a welder of stone. I want to run my finger across where the seam should be, but isn't. You can feel it. It is smooth and perfect in this. It is as though the greatest master tile setters of all the world went here, worked their wonders, and then were still graced by an even greater power to make it perfect. I, I frown because part of me knows that they're separate, but I can't find the separation. And I think I let go of Jane's hand and try to dig my fingernails in and try to separate them. Shockingly, bafflingly, the stone gives way between your fingers like clay. I think I get excited and turn back. Did you see that? Did you see what I did? She's just looking up at the walls and what? I, I, I might have a way out of here. I think we can escape. Can we? She's still not even looking at you. She's looking straight at the mausoleum. I, I look to where she's looking to see what I just, I did something miraculous and she's fixated on something else. So it, like, I want to see, I'm curious what's, what's trumping this amazing thing that I just did. You can see that she's staring at the name on the mausoleum. It says Amanda Wax. It has a set of dates, and the first date is meaningless to you, but the context of the second date being the today gives it meaning back. Who's Amanda? I'd say just more wondering out loud to myself than she looks at you. It was supposed to have been a Jane Doe, forgotten, somewhere new. I, out of a morbid curiosity, I want to look at the other one to see if there's a name on it. 
the other one that you'd passed has a name that you never heard of before. Uh, Francis Dominican. It has a it's a grave that has a bit of a cross put into it. The dates on that are much older, from the 1700s. I'm looking around, like almost expecting to see like either a few more or a multitude more of these. The more you look for them, the more you realize, yes, every set of lights separate or paired or triune even is at a different grave, a different mausoleum, a different monument to someone who has been and isn't. And more than that, you can see also the fact of where they were. You can see the openness at Branson's grave, where perhaps if you looked down there, there would be a coffin. You can see the doors of other mausoleums. You can see the pits opening at various graves. You can see a circular dish with an urn in it, presumably filled with ash. And more so, as you continue to stare, you can feel the presenceness of all these things, as if they have their own awareness as well, visiting visible looking upon you i i look around because i feel like i feel like there should almost be an observer on me almost like i'm observing all these other monuments to existence you do see somebody leaning against a single one of these graves an incredibly humble looking one but one that's actually carved in Hmong characters, though the name in it is not a Hmong name. When you focus on it, it could translate almost as Johnny Harvest. I kind of like wrinkle my brow at that. I'm like, I feel like that should have some meaning to me. Well, there's somebody leaning against it and just staring at you. Very impassive. I almost formless like you're looking at him through a a veil i'd look from the name to the figure and say is this one yours in a sense i tend it what do you mean by tend it i keep it ready for the one who spend some time here in the future who are you polishing it from clean from the one who spent some time here in the past who are you i'm the one who takes care of the harvest or is there no greater kindness for the harvest than the care of the reaper? Are you? Are you? I think like I feel cold without feeling cold. Like, like you know, like that shudder you feel like sometimes when like I don't want to say like I think it might be a little bit camp to say like that feeling you get when someone walks over your grave, but y- you know what I mean. Like, in the most literal sense, that. There's not much more fitting that you could say. What am I supposed to do here? Well, holding compassion can go a long way, can't it? He glances over at Amanda behind you, who's still staring. No longer Jane, but truly Amanda again. In terror at her monument. She might need some help on her journey. I not at the figure and approach amanda what do you want to do what what why would i be here i don't want to be here this isn't what i wanted i have so much left 
it's okay. And I put my hand back into her um, hand and kind of squeeze her fingers a little. I'm not going to forget you. You won't? No, I I don't think I could. She looks up at that more. She starts looking back at you, not looking around you, but actually truly at you. You mean that, don't you? It's, I mean, we've come this far, and I kind of smile at her, like a real genuine smile. And she smiled back at you. Okay, I guess we can do this then. Do you need any help? I don't know that I can. She looks at the doors, cut her mausoleum shut. I think I know what to do. And I run my finger over the separation that isn't a separation. You make a scene where there was no scene and the doors are doors again. At your touch, they are able to open on hinges impossibly smooth. The mausoleum looked like it might have gone back at most 20, 30 feet, but the room inside behind these doors is far larger. It goes on for hundreds of yards, it looks like. Like you're inside a great stadium that was put beside a second great stadium. And the tunnel goes there, and the stairs descend into a cavernous, cavernous hall. I think this is as far as I'm supposed to go. Please, I can't go through this alone. I I look behind me, back at the figure. Figure nods. Okay, maybe you just hear that with those words in your head. Head again. What does the harvest have to hope for, save for the care of the reaper? I I nod back and say, "All right." I can join you for a little while. I'll help you. And I give her hand a squeeze and take a step forward with her. All right. She walks down the stairs into the cavern with you. You walk down the stairs with her. Your footfalls echo into the distance. You can see the light of the torches fading behind you. You can see more light below you, though. Even the darkness of this place hasn't continue to hide things from you like darkness normally would. More glints of gems in the wall, almost forming murals. The pictures depicted in them. Do you focus on these? I, Yeah, I think they probably capture my vision. Some of them are happy pictures. Some of them aren't. They start with a very young girl who slowly grows over time. A girl who has triumphs and failures, a girl who's holding your hand, a woman who you realize certainly wasn't as old as you first thought. The mural ends at the scene on the dock. That's, sorry, the pier, you know, uh, at the scene of that stone, that granite water, that granite shelf beside the water. You can see where her journey took its end. I kind of feel the same way I felt when she was telling me her story earlier and I'm trying to grasp for some sort of reassurance and I think all that Emily could think of is like that stupid phone and how like it was some sort of comfort for Emily even to think that there are people who will be taking care of her and making sure that she made it to where she needed to go and get to the ferry and the people would help her. And I guess upon the reflection, like 
like I don't know if I did that for her or if I led her to this place which caused the end of her and possibly the end of me and I think when I watched that um like the mental movie on the mosaic like I'm probably thinking back of like probably seeing me falling from her point of view and how weird that must have looked trying to like kind of bury that down and just look to her and said it's okay there's some good and there's some bad but i don't think we can expect any more she hugged you and clings to you like you wish to wear to cling to that rope when you were drowning and as she does that you can see over her shoulder there's more sides to this mural you mentioned yourself there that how you were involved in that scene and as you look across, you're seeing into the water beside the docks now, beside that pier where you were. And you see yourself in gem light, in bright silvers and dark leads, in steel captured perfectly in the wall as well, in that own mural. And there, where she had gone dim, you glow with a bright, and terrible light like a star rising in the depth i think it's kind of comforting to her to me and i smile she lets go and steps back the tunnel still goes onwards now you've been walking on a flat surface for some time it's maybe 20 feet wide but there's no more light ahead i can't see what's behind here but it wasn't my name on the door she looks at you can you help me see what can you do something I don't know what to do. Well, we are at the point where you can start to look for even more symbols, too. Somebody already has a little bit of occult knowledge, if I'm not mistaken. Intelligence and occult might not be the worst role for you right now. Alrighty, I'll make a roll. That's a success. You remember that in many old stories and myths, darkness was not an absence of light. Darkness was a thing in and of itself, as real as the stone beneath your feet. I kind of smiled to myself, remembering the trick I pulled earlier. And instead of running my my hand across a seam, I'm going to make like a swishing motion to see if I can like dissipate darkness in front of me. All right. You're going to be really trying to impose yourself on your surroundings. Let's do something unusual that's not in any of the books to, to, sort of, to work on this. Let's have you roll resolve and composure and test the full might of your will against your surroundings here. That's a single success. That is all you need. You have now actively imposed your will a bit on your surroundings. You push at darkness and... Like a broom against dust, you shoo it away, leaving behind this dim that is not, neither light nor dark, but is still visible within itself. I think back about the last part of the mosaic where I was a shining light, metaphorically, and I kind of smile, and I look to her and say, oh, that's better now, isn't it? That is see how wow that's amazing she takes your hands and again and starts trying to 
rush forward now, almost as though she can face anything now that you're here helping her. You're following? I, I'm not sure if I should. Like, I, like, I'm not sure if, like, this is like an exit I created or if this is a exit meant only for her because I keep thinking back to my thoughts of that wasn't my name on the door, but she's rushing and she's grabbing my hand. So I think I'm going along and I want to look back to see if there's anything behind me. All right. Let's have a wits and a cult to see if you'll get pick up any more symbols and in addition to that i'll let you note in advance the shadows you shoot out of your way wandered off to behind you oh, that's another single success all it takes is a single success frequently you see more faint mosaic work in this area incredibly faint but the symbols are there it's writing though not pictures you can see the word and as she traveled into her own death she was aided and the truth revealed itself to the one whose eyes could find it i think as we're running along i'm just like like reading these words as like a like i'm on a subway and it's like the advertisements through the windows as we rush by and like i i feel like we're heading by and I want to stay and like see what else it has to say, but we're moving forward so quickly. And I'm like straining my eyes against the dim lights just to figure out what more there is. All right. As you get further and further in, things seem to smooth out, spiral, and then there's a stone sarcophagus sitting on a bit of a dais right in the center of this hallway, wide open. And beyond it, the path splits. Staircase going upwards in the center, and two staircases or passages sloping somewhat downwards and sideways, lying side of that. Is it still dark in here, or is that light following us? The dim is following you, or rather the shadows have left, but there's no light. There's only dim. I feel like there should be some light. And remembering all the things I've done earlier, I want to, I don't know, I want to see if I can light a candle or a torch or something, because I've affected this place a few times already. What's to stop me from doing it more? All right. You notice that there are places where potentially a candle could have been set in the stone wall. There are small alcoves that did not seem noticeable until you got there. They are filled with crystal. Um, I think I'm going to try to like jiggle the crystal and like readjust its seating a little bit. Try to like get it to like properly set itself, almost like making sure the batteries and the remote are in on the in the right direction. All right. As you do this, you are messing around with it again. These solid rocks are no longer solid under your touch, and they twist as though you're just screwing in a light bulb almost, and then noticing something like a shutter in the back, and what the, but you move this darker rock aside, and then light pours through it, 
almost like a fiber optic cable directly into the crystal in front of you. And the room is lit up with this amethyst light. You found an amethyst lamp in the wall and opened up the shutter on it effectively. There are more alcoves around you. Like this, the shutter I opened up, is it like a directed beam at something or is it just like emanating from all directions? It's like you found a tube of light that was trying to feed into that amethyst, but something was blocking it. And then once you remove the blockage, touch them to each other, suddenly the amethyst glows with all that light incoming, almost like plugging in a light bulb. I'm going to plug in some more light bulbs. All right. As you go around this room, you're able to repeat this. There are 10 light bulbs, effectively, each of which is a gem of a somewhat different shade. I think Once every- all the shades are there, the room has white light filling it, all the colors combining the whole of the spectrum, a spectrum which is larger than the rainbows you'd ever seen before, but still near each of those 10 gems, there is its own color instead. I think as I'm going around and screwing in metaphorical light bulbs, like I'm getting more giddy and excited with each successive light bulb. I'm just like, I I know something special is going to happen when I get to the last one. And like, I'm looking around and just like, the first two are the easiest ones, certainly. And then the rest were possible, but took a little more effort. The last one, something resisted about it. You don't know why yet, but something was resistant and foreign, and it took effort. But once you got it, the full light of the room became that brilliant white we were talking about. What else do you think you see in this room? I I think I know what I want to see, but I'm not sure if that's possible. I've like I want to like go over to the walls by each of these staircases, and I don't know if this is possible or not, but like kind of wipe away at the walls and see if there's like a sign labeling like labeling each of these like staircases, the two down and the one up. Like I want to know where they go. I. I don't I don't know if there's like signposts or labels there, but I've affected so much already. You call out to these paths, trying to ask them what they are, where they need. The first one, as you work on them from side to center to side, holds a symbol. Now you've never seen this symbol before, but upon looking on it, you know exactly what it means. And this symbol effectively says matter. It ties together the whole of the body, the physical world, the substrate of the universe. And the completeness of it is almost more than your mind can handle. You head off to the other side. Yeah, I want to see what the other two are. All right, the other one that goes slightly downward. It says, yeah when you find its symbol. And again, this symbol is a far more complete thing than should ever have been said before. It's a word that accomplishes and encompasses all possible meanings and interpretations of its truth. Not just a transition between existing and non-existing, but of the soul which moves beyond that, 
but of an existence beyond life that becomes life again, but of also of separation and decay. And you can see that the two of them are related. How do you really see that relation? I, I mean, I don't feel that they're, they are necessarily opposites. I kind of feel that the death symbol would be more universal and easier to acknowledge and understand. Like, that's something that all creatures know at some level. So, like, the idea and concept of matter, like, feels even a little bit more esoteric to her. And her vice is curious. She's going to go up and search through the staircase of matter. All right. You look, you look down that path. Emily stays there where you left her, waiting. And you head downwards, and you see what looks like some kind of a processing facility. Wait, Emily stayed there or Amanda? Sorry, em- Amanda. Ugh, my bad. Yeah, Amanda stayed where you left her. Emily, you head down there and you see a processing facility. Some kind of machines that look like they are designed to take apart the world, to build the world again. When I say the world, I say in the sense of you don't know what materials they are meant to work on. But they are clearly meant to work on a variety of materials. There are things like forges that are not forges. There are things like extrusion tubes and cauldrons that are also not extrusion tubes and cauldrons as you know them. Tanks, glass vials, levers, strange bubbling liquids in some of these containers that percolate through little needle-like thin tubes between them. This might sound weird. Saws, hammers, nails. This This might sound weird, but are there like like leather and cloth there too? There are certainly things to work on leather and cloth with and looms. Like it's so this is weird, but Emily wish that she died with her shoes on (laughs) and it sounds weird but she's been walking around barefoot and everything's been accepting her her steps but i think she's gonna go try to throw a lever and create shoes if that's at all possible not why yeah you throw a lever and certainly the machines try to whir and chug and click and buzz and make an incredible cacophony of sounds. But it's as though the assembly line is working upon air. I, I think Emily like uh, gets the, the same feeling she gets when she tried driving stick for the first time. It's like, oh, oops. Burn the clutch a little bit there. She pushes the lever back and the machines stop. They return to where they were. Like looking for like displays or panels or like books or instructions. Like, like what are you set to? You notice a hopper attached to one of the machines. It's about mm, six feet long, maybe a foot and a half, two feet wide. And above it, it says materials. I, it's empty. Oh, 
think I'm going to follow like, is it like, like some sort of like assembly line process? It looks like you put something in materials and then, well, let's do another intelligent science roll. I have crafts. Ooh, crafts is even better. Yes. They're the same score. It's a safe score. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also two successes. Yeah, there we go. It looks like you can actually direct the machine somewhat on the output, but you need an input first. Mm. I'm going to look around for possible inputs. Like, I feel like I walked into the middle of the, the machine and like missed where the materials are stored. Mm -hmm. There is a bit of a sign on back on the tunnel you came from also that said supplies. I go by the supplies and see what's there. You go through that tunnel and um, it brings you back to Emily. It brings Emily back to Amanda and the villain sarcophagus. This place is amazing. For you, it's starting to become less terrifying for me. I'm I'm sorry. Um, this it's it's wonderful. Would you like to help me find some supplies? I know that that doesn't mean anything. Or or do you? Would you rather stay here? I, I feel like I need to do something. I I I can wait. Are you going? To, okay. Are the supplies on the other side? Or I'm assuming they're down there. And I'm like I point at that the third tunnel that I haven't um, investigated yet. Yeah, the third tunnel, as you point at it, you realize that it has a door on it. Once you get a little further up the stairway, a very shut door, hmm. a door that feels made of shut. It can't be right. That means the supplies must be down there. And I point down the death hallway. She shrugs and says, I don't. Well, you came here looking for supplies, and I don't have supplies. I only have me. I, I'm sorry, Amanda. This must be very confusing. It's, it is quite astonishing, this, this world that we are in. If, if you don't feel like you can... Can I wait? Absolutely. I'm sorry. Um, I'll wait. You do your thing. I'll, I'll wait. I give her a pat on the shoulder. I won't be long. I promise. And then I head down the depth hallway at the bottom of the death hallway there is a small dock at the dock there's a man he has a boat with him and he is leaning on the boat's pole it's very venetian he looks up at you hmm? uh i'm sorry sir is this where the supplies are nope oh. just the way my mistake well uh, what way the way onward once they're ready, once they've let go. I, I nod. He glances back at you. I suspect not the way for you yet, though. I did see the other door. No. You want that one, then? Maybe. If, it's, if this isn't my door. I was through the factory, but I didn't see an exit over there. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to go back the way I came. Probably not. Never worth it going back in life we always got to make progress i i nod at that like that makes sense to emily like it's been a topsy-turvy world and the, the fact that she had gone initially didn't want to go down here because she didn't think it was hers the fact that 
this figure is now like reaffirming that she can't go back. Like it's like, okay, I, I've chosen to go down this far. There's gotta be another way out. Hmm. Do you know what that um, box in the middle room is for? I turned on all the lights already. Yeah. It's for separating. What does it separate? The temporary and the permanent. And only the permanent go this way. And then I point towards the water. He nods. Do you require payment? Thinking back to classical Greek mythology. What do you think the mint's for? The mint? He looked at it. Oh. Takes some folk a hundred years to figure that one out. Oh. Do you know where the mint supplies are kept? They tend to be temporary. It's out of character. It's kind of gruesome. But I think a wave of understanding goes over Emily's like thought processes. So if I if we separate the permanent and the temporary, I can mint payment from the temporary in order to buy passage for the permanent. You know. And then what happens? Things move on. The cycles always keep going. Life beats on death, beats on life, beats on death. He Our, looks at you and says, You can move a flame between two candles. Is it the same flame? Are they the same candle? Does the first candle know the second's heat? What about the third, the fourth, the fifth? And yet, to let the flame perish, that truly would invite the dark. I nod at what my one point of academics can't help but uh, think of Theseus's ship. An apt metaphor. Uh, I'll, I'll be back. And then I'm going to go back into the, the room with the separating box and sit down next to Amanda, just kind of lean up against the box. She's been looking at it more and more. You see that there is, in fact, a lid. Like I said, it wasn't open sarcophagus. Sorry, it is opened or closed? It is an open sarcophagus. I think I figured this place out. But I gotta know, Amanda, are are you ready? Or do you need more time? I don't know if anyone can ever be ready. I nod. Do I have time? Is there even time here? I reach into my jean pockets, but realize my phone is still wherever my car was. I, I don't know. If you need a little bit of time, we can wait. But I think we both know where this goes. A tear falls down her face. Oh, let's pull the bandit. Okay, don't 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 cry. This, I think this is what's supposed to happen. And I give her a hug. She hugs you back. She climbs into the box. Uh, I'll I'll remember you, Amanda Wax. The lid. Do you close it? Let's settle in the place. And then clunk goes downward. The coffin sinks flat, flush into the floor. And then the lights go brighter, 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 all encompassing. There's nothing but that white light. And then the blindness is gone and you can see again. To your left stands Amanda, pale, translucent, but there. To your right stands Amanda. Solid, real. Behind you, you realize, is that stairway upwards again? You've turned yourself around, helping her. 
but yet you still know the ways. What do you do? I look at the solid one and say, are you the temporary? I was where she was temporarily. I am of the world. And I am where she was when she was within the world. I nod. To the other Amanda, I say, do you mind waiting here a few minutes? I'll be right back. She nods, this one looking far more aware in certain senses. I reach out my hand to the solid worldly Amanda and lead her to the mint. The Amanda follows you. You lead her to the hopper. Yeah, I'm looking around for some sort of like ladder or like step stool just to make things easier and less awkward. Uh, the hopper's only about two feet high, so oh, it's not too bad. Oh, it's, it's two feet high, but certainly about the same size as the separating box. Uh, I I look I peer into the hopper to see if there's anything in there. Um, it's a little bit gruesome, but at the same time, it's almost implausible. There's a couple little bits here and there, as though somebody was solidified shattered and then parts of the statue that used to make them were left behind both inside and outside like too much play-doh pushed through the play-doh press in a sense but if that play-doh also retained its original nature Hmm. and was still solid and was almost deep like a video game defragged ah pieces Random pieces, some of which should have stayed liquid, but were solid. Some of which should have been solid, but look almost liquid. Well, Amanda, are you ready? I'll help you up. She nods. And I do my best to hold her hand so she could awkwardly step into the hopper. She gets in the hopper. You pull the lever. The lever is shockingly near the hopper, as though someone in the hopper could have pulled it themselves if they really, really wanted to, and then lean backwards. So I got kind of do like the Atlas shrug pose. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I kind of like warm up my hand a little bit, crack my knuckles and grab a hold of it. Does it is it warm and cold? It is the most metal metal that you've ever touched. It is soft, but not as soft as it should be. And it is luminous, oddly luminous gray, blue gray. I think I like you taste the name in your mouth that you've never heard before. Acker. And you know that this is what lead would be if lead was itself instead of what people thought it was. And it is around a core of something harder in this case. Hmm. I think I like kind of squeeze the little handbrake at the end a couple times just to calm my own nerves of what I think I have to do. And and I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, Amanda was ready to rip off the Band-Aid. I don't see why I should be any different. And I kind of look back to the hopper and then back to the lever, squeeze the brake one more time, and just basically throw my weight back with it. There is that loud, satisfying chunk that happens when gears engage, and the hopper slides into the machine beside it. Sounds happen. I won't describe them because they are sounds that cannot exist in our world. They are something beyond it. I try to but they do my... sound like disassembly. I try to comfort myself by saying out loud, it's only temporary. The chemicals flow through the machine. There's whirring. There's 
clicking, there's fizzing, there's a mysterious bell that dings every so often, and there's, among other things, um, flywheels spinning even for a little bit. This machine is, has too many parts, and Rube Goldberg was getting bored that day. But then, at what should have been the far end of the machine, but is somehow beside you, a small drawer pops out of a cabinet. And there's that dinging sound again. I can't help but think that the um, drawer like went all the way out and then kind of went back in a little bit. So I help it out again, like almost like a junk drawer that was pulled out too fast and then started to close and kind of like blindly reach inside of it and try to i'm expecting to find coins you are expecting coins and there are coins in there there are three coins in there and a huh. pair of shoes well that was unexpected two of the coins are a glowing bluish silver it's amazing. You've never seen silver like this, but this is silver the way it was meant to be. You taste the, the name of it in your tongue, Lunargent. And the last one is that lead, the way that lead would be if no one believed in the lies of it. Acheron again. I could feel the, the word in my tongue and kind of taste the metal at the same time as I speak aloud the words. Mm-hmm. I take the three coins and put them in my pocket for now. And I look down at the shoes and how unexpected this was. They look incredibly comfortable. They look exactly like you were thinking of shoes looking like. Describe them. <laughs> They're New Balance, of course. Because <laughs> that's what I was wearing earlier. It's amazing. We don't know how sneakers are there. Sneakers contain... No materials that you would have thought would have crossed between somehow, but there it is. I, I'm like laughing to myself as I'm pulling them out. I'm like, "Wow, thanks, Amanda." And I think I'm gonna take like like sit on on the edge of the drawer where it popped out because I feel it's almost like a like if I feel like if the end end component was like a file cabinet drawer. Kind of, so I'll sit on top of the file cabinet and put the shoes on. And, like, I can't help but feel like... They fit you perfectly. They were made for you. But they were made for me. They were exactly made for you. I I, I lace them up and, like... Your feet I, feel strong, protected, but also, somehow, you can still feel the texture of everything you walk on. I'm... It's the best shoes in the world. Of, of course. Like, I, I have... I, Emily has her number, and you order the same number, New Balance, every time. If once you find the ones you like, so I'm I'm actually looking at the looking for the number on these shoes. Not only is the number there, but somehow this batch is better than those. You feel like you are wearing the ultimate shoe, the truth of what shoe is meant to be. I I'm giddy with excitement, and like it's it's weird because it's like came out of nowhere and it was perfect and i i'm almost skipping as i walk back to the central room all right you walk back into the central room the other amanda is right there she's been waiting you have no idea how much time has passed but it doesn't seem like she knows how much time has passed either so it's probably okay i hope it was i didn't take too long she looks at you confused what's long 
I shrug. There's something far more eternal about this Amanda than the previous Amanda. I feel like when I look into her eyes, like I have trouble matrixing with them, if you know, and like it's a little harder to make that same connection I had with the previous Amanda, aka Jane, in the car. And I see if this was like a movie or TV show, like, like flashing back and forth between her eyes now and her eyes through the rear view mirror of my car earlier. And just like, they're not being the same. They're different, but they're the same at the same time. If that makes any sense. Those eyes were not as authentic as these ones but they belong to the same person as though she had only been an imitator of herself. And now she is here. You feel yourself reflected in them. Are you ready to move on? Let's go. I reach my hand out for hers. Once again, she takes your hand. The third Amanda to take your hand. I feel like it takes a long time and not a long time to get to the dock. Easier than falling off a log. One could say the dock is infinite distance away. You cross it in numberable steps. It doesn't make more sense than that, but it certainly makes less. But he was waiting there as though you were had just left the faceless ferryman. I walk Amanda up to him and said, Good day, sir. This is uh, Amanda. Uh, ah, did she bring her toll? Her what? Toll, her passage. Oh, I, I have it here somewhere, and I reach my hand into the pocket, and I'm, I hold the coins out to her, um, almost like I'm presenting foreign currency, and I'm trusting the person I'm paying not to rip me off. He looks at her. It's got to come from you. Hand me those two silver ones. Except the way he says silver sounds like the way you tasted Lune Argent before. And you realize that you're hearing more than one thing at a time, and all of them are true. I guess I swivel. She, she takes the coins off your hand, places them in his, and he lets her into the boat. Nods to you politely. What happened with the apron? Well, that's not part of the tolls I collect. Might be useful to you at some point. I nod and shove it back in my pocket. Nods. We'll be going then. I'll remind her to pull the lever for you. Open that third door when we get near it. I I nod, and I'm thinking of that cyclical nature he was talking about earlier and just trust that it will happen. Mm -hmm. I watch as they depart. They head down river. You head back up and take the third path. It's the only thing left to do, unless something changed in the intermediate room. No, the lights are still on. The floor is flat where the separating box went into it. The separating box's lid is now part of the floor, though it still has her name on it. Her, you didn't notice her name was on it before, but you did now. And there's suppose, a stairway going up. I suppose she might be back here again sometime. I say aloud. The room echoes your voice softly, but does not answer beyond that. I walk the path toward the final door. As you do that, you feel the sound of gears moving and clicking as though somebody did, in fact, open a door from a faraway control panel. And this path is now opening to you. The tunnel leads upward, filled with 
too, have the colors of light from before. Lights that feel to you like death and matter. Words that, while you technically can hear their English echoes, you hear a truer word that hides behind them still, matching those symbols you'd saw. I try to speak the word and the two words, death and matter, and try to, you know, taste the same or a similar thing as I did when I spoke lead and silver, the Eperon and Lunargent. Lunargent. You can. You feel like you say the words, and the words are less complete when you say them somehow, but that the words are still the right words, and you're getting them. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.